Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church. Last week we began a new series called Blank Phobia. Blank Phobia. You fill in the blank of whatever it is that stirs up fear inside of you because that's your phobia. We looked at Mark chapter 4 and I told you that too many Christians are comfortable with Jesus sleeping in the back of the boat and our fears are conquered when we let the Jesus in us awaken and speak peace be still to our storms. After last week's foundation, we now begin looking at the three types of fear. The first one is assumed fear, assumed fear. The second one will be actual fear. And the third one that we will look at is awe fear, in awe fear. And today we're going to take a close look at assumed fears. There was a grown woman that was upset about her irrational fear that a monster was under her bed. She's a grown woman, married, kids, but she's got this fear that a monster is under her bed. And so she decided that this needed to change. So she scheduled an appointment with a therapist. And she went in and had this initial consult with the therapist. And the therapist said, I can help you. Over 20 sessions, I can help cure this fear that you have that there's a monster under your bed. And the woman said, this is fantastic. This is what I've been waiting for. I need this in my life. How much per session? She said, well, 20 sessions at 80 bucks a pop. She said, well, it's a lot of money. She said, let me go home and talk to my husband about it, but I'm fairly certain that I'm going to want to do this. And so she left the therapist's office, and after a few weeks, the therapist realized the woman never called back. And so trying to stir up some business, she calls the woman and says, hey, you know, what happened? You know, you want to get over this fear or not? And she says, well, I share with my husband, you know, the cost of, of, of the sessions, and, and my husband felt like he had a better idea, and now I don't have that fear anymore. She says, really? How did your husband help you? She said, well, he just cut the legs off the bed. <laughs> don't you wish that all assumed fears were that easy to conquer? Don't you wish that the fears that you have in your life, you know, maybe it's not uh, arachnophobia. Maybe you don't have the fear of spiders, right? Maybe it's not the fear of the sight of blood like we talked about last week. You know, maybe those are not the things that, that concern you, but you do have some fears in your life. And if it was only that easy to overcome those fears, because it seems so complicated, because you can tell yourself all day long, I want to get over this, but it still just sits there and it haunts you. An assumed fear is a fear that has no factual evidence to back it up. And some of you are battling assumed fears. There's nothing there to back it up. There's no proof. There's no corroborating evidence. There's no factual substance. The enemy simply convinces you of a false reality and therefore puts fear in your mind. And that's what continues to haunt you. And today, I want to expose the scheme of the enemy to replace your faith with fear. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to replace your faith with fear. Our text today, if it would have been written in this day and age, would be a hit song on Christian radio. I'm convinced it would be. It would be bigger than the latest Chris Tomlin hit or the Hillsong United single that you may like on the radio. Toby Mack or Lauren Daigle, they would have nothing on this multi-platinum wonder called the 23rd Psalm. Psalm 23. It is by far one of, if not the most quoted chapter in all of the Bible, possibly second only to John 3.16. 
And so I want us to look at the 23rd Psalm today. It's on the screens and, and something a little different for us. Uh, we don't really have a call and response or uh, type of, of service and we're, we're not necessarily doing that. But I do want us to read the 23rd Psalm out loud together today. That way I know you're quoting scripture today, okay? You may not quote any more scripture for the rest of the day, but at least we will quote this scripture together. So would you join with me and, and, and let's read this Psalm of David. Let's read it together. It says, the Lord is my, sh okay, that's weak. I want you to say it like you mean it and, and understand there's a cadence that goes with this. If you're, listen, some of my brothers and sisters in here, if you're sitting next to a white person, just elbow them a little bit and help them out, okay? They're going to have to get the rhythm of this. You ready? Here we go. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Give yourselves a hand. Yeah. Man, you can walk out of here, call mama on the phone and say, mama, I quoted an entire chapter of the Bible today. Amen. And you didn't even look at the Bible, did you? You looked on a screen. Praise the Lord. It is believed that David wrote this psalm much later in life, possibly even at the end of his life, with phrases like, he restores my soul. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death in the presence of my enemies. Phrases like that lead us to believe that this man has lived life. If you've lived long enough to have enemies, you're not a little kid, right? If you've lived long enough that you are seeing the shadow of death, you're, you're not a youngster. If you've lived long enough to where you need someone to restore your soul, you've lived through some pain in your life, and this man has gone through some tough times, he has faced his fair share of fear. As the men are studying at our monthly Man Up Breakfast, David's life, their learning was a series of conflicts and controversy. That's the life of David. And that's why we can all relate to David is because his life is a series of conflicts and controversy. You have to think about it. David went from being this innocent shepherd boy to a complex Jewish warlord. There's no other way to look at it. When you read the life of David, it was, it was rough. He was forced to grow up at a young age. He had to manage a relationship with a jealous king that wanted him dead. He has killed many people. He's got the blood of so many on his hands. Think about what the women were saying. Saul has killed his thousands. David has killed his tens of thousands. He's killed tens of thousands of people. That's the reason why God will not even allow him to build the temple is because he has so much blood on his hands. Even his own son at one time wanted to overthrow him and take his kingdom away from him. David is a far cry church from the days of tending sheep on his father's back 40. This is not the days, <clears throat> excuse me, this is not the days of innocence any longer. David has lived a complex life. And so late in life, 
David gives us this beautiful psalm, and he boldly writes these specific words. Psalm 23 and verse 4, listen to this. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. David clearly understood that physical death is not to be feared. David understood it's not real. It's only a shadow. Our twins, Kendall and Caleb, they turned 21 this week. This coming up Wednesday. And Kendall's home. It's so good to have her home for the weekend. She has to go back to, to Cleveland, Tennessee today to return back to school. But we celebrated last night, had a little, little get-together and just celebrated them t- turning 21. And I, I was thinking about when they were younger, when they were just little, little, little kids, little, little human beings. Just, they were barely human beings. You know how kids are. But yet just little humans. And I remember I would play a game with them where I, I, I was kind of a hide-and-seek game with, with kind of a scary element to it. And I would do this often. And I would, I would go down the hallway of, of the house, whatever house we were living in at the time, and I would make sure that the hall light was turned on, and I would hide behind the doors, you know, where, where the room was dark, but I could see through, through the hinges, you know, I could see where they were. And the light would shine in from the hallway just right through that crack there in the door between the door jam and the, and the door. And it would shine through just right to where if, if, if I positioned myself, I could create a shadow on the wall of their bedroom or whatever room I was hiding in. And sure enough, I would see them come around the corner and they would walk in and they're, they're looking for daddy. Daddy, where are you? Daddy, where are you? And they would walk into that room and I'd position myself just right and where you would see that big shadow on the wall being cast like that. And I would say, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. And they would take off running. You'd hear those little feet pitter-pattering down the hallway. They were just running. They were so cute back then. I don't know what happened. (laughs) My kids were more scared of the shadow than they were of me. They were more scared of that big, bad, scary shadow than they, wore, than they were of me. David knew that shadows cannot harm you. Shadows are not real. There's no substance to them. They have absolutely no power. A shadow cannot hurt you. And just because there is a shadow of divorce does not mean that your marriage is over. And just because there is a shadow of financial despair does not mean that you are about to lose everything. And just because there is a shadow of death does not mean that life ends with our last breath here. Amen? I said life doesn't end with your last breath here. Some of you are afraid to die. I'm not afraid to die. I can tell you that right now. Now, you know, obviously I thought today, usually when somebody says something like that, they, you know, they die the next week and somebody gets up at their funeral and is like, he said he wasn't afraid to die. So then it hit me. Maybe I am afraid to die. But I'm not. Because I know what happens after this life. And and listen, if you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have every reason in the world to be afraid right now. But if you know Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you have been saved from the pits of hell, if your soul has been given and granted eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, there's no reason to fear death. David knew 
David knew that, that it's a shadow of death. It is not even real that there is something eternal even when this vessel dies, when the pulse is no longer lasting in this human body. He knew that, that there was something beyond and that, that death, physical death, was simply a shadow and it cannot hurt you. Your circumstances, church, may look bleak, but you have to understand your God has not forgotten you. God knows exactly where you're at. He knows the shadow that is being cast over your life right now. And so don't let your current surroundings cloud your judgment on how big your God is. The shadow is never the real thing. Here's an interesting thought. Hebrews 11 and 1 states, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, some of you, you've heard this, this verse your whole life, and I'm going to read it again because I want to make sure everybody in the room understands this verse. Faith, faith in your God is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So if faith requires no factual evidence, that's what it says. When you put your faith in God for the outcome of whatever you're going through, it requires no factual evidence at all. And if faith requires no factual evidence, wouldn't it be just like the enemy to require ungodly fear to have no factual evidence also? You know what the enemy does. He takes everything that God has made perfect and beautiful and he perverts it. I don't have time to get into that this morning, but, but, but you follow it. Everything that God creates beautiful and perfect, the enemy will distort it and, and he will pervert it. And that's exactly what he does with, with ungodly fear. And if it requires no factual evidence to put your faith in God, the enemy says, I will put a fear on you that requires no actual factual evidence. You may hear a ticking in your car and you automatically assume that the transmission is about to fall out. Anybody in the room, you're like that? Be honest right now. It's, okay, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Maybe you didn't get that job promotion, so you immediately quit what you assume to be a dead-end job. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand on that. That's just embarrassing, okay? You, you assume that you have cancer, but, but it's just a new freckle. That's all it is. But you've met these people before, right? Some of you are these people. Monsters are not even real, but you'll swear up and down that one lives under your bed. Let me tell you what it is. It's fake news. <laughs> it's fake news. There you go. And you know what happens when you assume, right? Yeah, you do. Yeah. If you don't, ask your neighbor. I'm letting them tell you, okay? Fear can keep us up all night long, but faith makes a very comfy pillow. If it's impossible to please God without faith, then you have to know it's impossible to please Satan without fear. If you, wanna, if you want to please Satan, if you want to ignite his joy, whatever that looks like in the life of a tormentor, if you want to make him happy, then let fear rise up in you because without faith it's impossible to please God and without fear it's impossible to please Satan. But some of us, we are forever pessimists, aren't we? I can hear you now. You know, Pastor, the fat lady may not be singing, but I can hear her warming up. 
well, quit going to her show. She can't sing the finale if nobody's there to hear it, right? Quit buying tickets. Quit pronouncing death on your life. Some of us, we've got to start learning to speak with faith. We've got to start learning to live with faith. It's time to stop letting fear amplify your imagination. And we see this throughout God's Word in Numbers chapter 13. Moses sends the 12 spies into the promised land, a land that God has promised them. He said, wherever you step foot, I'm going to give it to you. He he said, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to fight these battles. They send 12 spies into the promised land. You know the story. Only two of them come back and say, we can take this land. Joshua and Caleb are the only two. The other 10 spies, even though they're carrying clusters of grapes, pomegranates, figs, the land is flowing with milk and honey. This is a great place to live, but there's one problem. They have some big people there. They have an offensive line just just right there. You you cannot get past these guys. They are huge. And and they come back and they tell Moses and they tell the people, they they said these words. We look like grasshoppers in our eyes and theirs. First of all, you're speaking for the enemy already. They may have already been intimidated. But they said, we look like grasshoppers. Do you know how great of an exaggeration that is? We look like grasshoppers in our eyes and theirs. Oh, when when you want to talk about exaggeration and and, and how things, how fear will begin to expand and fear will begin to to, uh, amplify your imagination, you have to think of the shepherd boy, David, in, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 17. When everyone else looked at Goliath, and and we talked about this at Man Up yesterday, but when everyone else looked at at Goliath, everyone else said, he's too too big to defeat. This, This guy's too big to kill. When David looked at him, David said, that guy's too big to miss. Let me get my sling and my rock out. It's impossible to miss this guy. And sure enough, took the guy out. Saved a nation all because he allowed faith to rise up and fear to be demolished. Assume fear will always blow things out of proportion. And David reminds us in the 23rd Psalm that there are some fears in life that are just not real. The shadow does not even exist without the source of light. As our praise team comes up and gets ready, I want to kind of expound upon this just to drive this home and then we're going to pray we're going to have some time to to believe that god is going to deliver some of you from the assumed fears in your life the shadow does not exist without the source of light shadows are caused by something that is blocking the light i remember last year as we were moving kindle back up to college after the summer was over us and another family from from the church we met up in Cleveland Tennessee because we were right in that line of path for best viewing the lunar eclipse that was taking place and we went over to a friend of mine uh, that lives in Cleveland we went over to his house and right across the street from his house was was a big mound some people believe it's an, an old Indian burial ground and they've not allowed anyone to build houses there. And so we went across the street from his, his house and we went up on top of this Indian mountain and we're watching the, the eclipse take place. And I know I saw pictures and I know what it looked like in Florida, but man, where we were at, it was one of the most spectacular things I've ever seen in my life. As the moon completely covered the sun, 
And we were able to take the glasses off and, and look at the eclipse with our, with our bare eyes. But I remember that everything began to grow dark. And it started confusing the animals. Crickets started chirping because they thought it was nighttime. You could hear the insects in the background. And it was one of the most eerie feelings that I've ever had as we stood. Probably it was eerie because we're on top of an Indian burial ground for one. I'm like, there's some curse that's coming right now, right? Assumed fear. And so we're standing there and it's just dark all around us. I'm thinking, man, this is weird. And then all of a sudden, the moon moved just a hair and there was a sliver of sunlight that was beginning to, to beam at us. And at that moment, you could no longer look at the sun. You had to put the, 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 the solar glasses back on. And the birds started singing. They thought it was morning. The birds started singing. Once the shadow of the moon was completely gone again, it was broad daylight. There was, it, there was no cloud in the sky. There, it, there was no overcast. It was like it was morning once again. Shadows are caused by something that is blocking the light. And there is something that is positioned between you and the light. And that's what causes your assumed fears. But you have to understand that your father, your heavenly father, he is the light. Listen to John 1 and 5. It says that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Psalm 76 and 4 says, you are radiant with light, God. And then in John 8 and 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Your God is light and whatever is standing between you and him is casting the shadow. It's simply just blocking the light of Christ. The enemy is literally throwing shade at you. That's what he's doing. And if the enemy is throwing shade at you, just know that the source of light is right behind him. No matter how dark your shadow of death is right now, that thing that's got you gripped right now, that thing that you cannot overcome, no matter how dark that is right now, you have to understand it's only that dark because the light source is standing right behind it. Listen to the, to, to the remainder of verse 4 here. He says, even though... I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil for you are with me. You're not in the valley of the shadow of death by yourself. God is with you. And David understood this. A man who experienced so much hardship in his life. A man who had so many enemies. A man that had a lot to be afraid of understood that when I'm walking through life and particularly when I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death that that shadow cannot hurt me that I have a God that is with me and his rod and his staff they comfort me I think it's time that we begin looking at our problems and our fears and and those things that just grip us and we just have to start pronouncing my God is with me his rod and his staff they comfort me
Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening.